The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Yes, sir, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Boston Podcast. This is your buddy Dave, your good old buddy Dave. I hope things are well. Man, it's hot today. It's frickin' hot. And uh, my guest, uh, Costa Ligris, who is here with his buddy, uh, Josh Feinblum, was just saying that uh, you have a quibble about the AC in your car. Is that right? I Tell do. I do. I have a quibble about the AC in my, in my truck. Yes. And, and te- <laughs> oh, see the humble brag there? The truck. And what, when, what you're saying, you need a 1.5 on the fan, on the AC, is that what it is? No, a 0.5, A Dave. 0.5. Because, because when I turn it off, it gets too hot. When I go to 1, I feel like it's getting too cold. Right. So today we're excited to announce our startup, Cool It. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the, yeah, the startup is 0.5, an innovation in car air conditioning. You'll, you'll get... Uh, I was about to say you'll get blown like never before. Um, <laughs> we'll work on the slogan. Uh, before, I t- before I tell you more about my guest, welcome again to the Boston Podcast, presented by the Boston Podcast Network. Pod617.com is where you can find all past episodes and learn about how you, too, can be a podcast star, have your own podcast. I'd like to thank my sponsor right at the top, the U.S. Postal Service, second largest employer in the United States, by the way, offering paid training and ways to move up, apply today at usps.com slash careers the u.s postal service deliver for the nation i always get a little swell of patriotism when i read that you know it's kind of you know the 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 the, the heart and soul of our country the mail the the carriers the mail carriers the uh newmans of the world right guys they're nodding absolutely yeah. you guys are entrepreneurs you, you don't understand the dreaded public sector as they say anyway let me introduce uh Entrepreneurs par excellence. They're they're both entrepreneurs in residence at MIT. These guys are like wicked, wicked smart. I think gonna, I just got promoted. Get, <laughs> <laughs> really? Okay, you guys can explain. It's it's above it's, it's above my pay grade. But please welcome to the show, Josh Feinblum and Costa Ligris. You guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. All right, so what did I, Josh, Josh, uh, what did I get wrong so far? What did you I gave say? him a promotion. M- MIT entrepreneur and... So, so only one of us is an entrepreneur oh, okay. in, in residence. Oh, um, I, I just I just like to hang out there and help people. Josh is a professional advisor. Okay. That, which which, <laughs> I, which means what? I advise. Okay, you advise. Them. <laughs> Professionally. Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, but you're here in part to talk about uh, your new venture, which is called Stavi, which is S-T-A-V-V-Y. Is it already Stavi.com? It's going to be Stavi.com. It's going to yeah. be, okay. It's uh, Savvy with a T. Savvy with a T, right. And um, it's obviously a line of uh, leather pants for men, right? That's what I'm <laughs> guessing. That's my guess. No, that's not true at all. Costa, your, your background is as an attorney or a real estate attorney, but as I said to you before we started recording, you always have your, 
your hand in various pies. Is that the expression? It doesn't sound right. Uh, I don't think it's pies. Finger in pies? Finger in something? I don't know. Uh, you, you're, you're throwing your hat in various rings? English was a second language for yeah, me. I don't so. know. <laughs> well, that's not, that, that's not true, is it? Although, do you speak Greek? I do. I speak Greek, I French, and Italian. Holy moly. Je parle un petit de français, mais un petit peu. Seulement un petit peu. And uh, we're done. Yeah, let's, uh, let's keep the podcast in English, though. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're insulting our listeners in Montreal. But, um, Bonjour, mes, mes amis. Mes amis, right. right. And, <laughs> and Josh, your background is in uh, cybersecurity, I am told. Yeah, I spent, I spent pretty much my entire adult life trying to either break into things or keep things safe. Okay. All right. Which are you doing this time? Uh, <laughs> Keeping things safe, I guess. N- neither. Actually, uh, I mean, obviously, keeping things safe will be part of what we do, but um, I'll be hopefully spending my time building building disruptive technology to a really uh, entrenched industry, which will mm-hmm. be fun. All right, so I want to hear uh, why this is going to be awesome. It's the Stabby, you've told me, Costa, is going to streamline the real estate process, the home buying process. We're just talking residential. Yeah, we're talking residential right now. Um, that's the market that we're focusing on, uh, mm-hmm. both because of you know my background, but also we've identified that it's a process that needs to be fixed. And, okay. Um, it's super fragmented, super broken. Um, it's super risky. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, attention going into you know, wire fraud and uh, and and breaches associated with with transactions. So. Uh, we want to uh, we want to create a platform that addresses all of these issues. Okay. Well, I'm going to p- be all the sharks from Shark Tank, and you guys be the pitchers. And so, uh, so I'm so now I'm Mr. Wonderful. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I'll loan you. I'm not going to give you any money, but I'll give you a loan at a particular rate of interest. And you know what? I changed my mind. I'm out. I'm out. Sorry, guys. <sighs> That's okay, no problem. We don't need you, Mr. Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, you wouldn't want that bastard, would you? Even though he's from Boston. He's the worst, man. Um, So I got a feeling he's actually probably a nice guy. You think so? I think that's that's an act. That's the persona. I think he's got a big heart. Maybe. I do disagree, though. He's the one that talks about don't buy your coffee at Starbucks. That's what's going to make you a millionaire. Make your own coffee for like five cents at home. Yeah. I'm waiting to see him walking up the Commonwealth Mall with like a... You know, designer coffee. <laughs> yeah, that he made himself. Yeah, right, right. So, um, so tell me more. So the, the 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 it's broken. The system is broken. I take it for those that have bought homes would recognize the you know um, flaws in the system. Closings are a pain in the ass. It's all kinds of paper and shit. Is that where is that what we're talking about? Yeah. So we're talking about um, creating more transparency. Uh, a lot of times, uh, as you probably know, you've probably bought a house, but. Uh, you don't get your paperwork or you don't see it for the first time until the t- time you're actually signing it. Yeah, that's true. So it would be nice to see standard paperwork that's used across the country on a daily basis ahead of time so that people could review it ahead of time. Right. Um, and the reality is, you know, if you think back to 20 years ago, if I handed you a check right now mm-hmm. um, and w- what you had to do, you had to walk down to a branch, mm-hmm. uh, fill out a slip, give it to a t- wait in line, give it to a teller. You know, have some small talk, grab a cheap lollipop. They take that, clip it, type away on some archaic computer, and then they would close out their, um, you know, they'd close out their their uh, their money coming in and coming out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but today, if I hand you a check, what do you do? You're going to take out your iPhone, right? 
Yeah. Uh, well, I stick it in my pocket and and then take it and put it on the counter at home. And then when I leave, I'm like, I better not forget that check. So I stick it in my pocket again. This this repeats itself for about um, a week or so until it gets really raggedy around the ends. But then, yeah. yes, I do I do use the uh, Bank America uh, mobile deposit. Yeah, that thing. Yeah. yeah, I do like that. Okay, it is so. Fun. So your behavior. Y- you may need some behavioral modification. Oh, you have no idea, Costa. Where <laughs> just we begin? Imagine how long it would take if he actually had to go to the bank to do it. Yeah, exactly. Well, right. More than seven days. Yeah. He'd be a good person to owe money to. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, if any of my uh, creditors are listening, uh, I swear it's in the mail. Uh, yeah, go ahead. So, uh, but if you think of how you buy a home today versus how you bought a home 20 years ago, mm-hmm. not much has changed. And yeah. I know that that may be a controversial statement because. There's a lot of providers out there that are building technology or software or have built technology or software that are trying to solve a problem within the process. Mm -hmm. The problem is that as an industry, uh, we love fragmentation. Mm -hmm. We're actually addicted to fragmentation. And that's mortgage lenders, that's real estate companies, that's title companies. Every time a new shiny toy shows up and it solves a problem but not several problems, Ooh, fancy! Look at this. Right, and uh, that fragmentation actually adds to the problem. So, in other words, everyone's staying in their own lane and not like working together, right? Yeah. Is it? Go ahead, Josh. Kind of. I think. I think ultimately, what what's happening with all the fragmentation is you're seeing the cost of each transaction for really every stakeholder in the process going up. Mm-hmm. People are making more mistakes because of repetitive processes, repetitive manual processes. Uh, and really, it's ultimately, you know, the consumer that's paying for it in their experience uh, at closing time. And then, and then it's going to be, you know, the, the banks and the title companies and the attorneys that are, are dealing with a really fragmented, archaic, confusing process that just slows everyone down. And, I mean, we've talked to a bunch of banks. And, you know, one of the things that just jumped right out at me was mm-hmm. that, you know, if you're, if you're buying a home, you're going to get you know two, three, maybe four usernames and passwords that are different, oh, yeah. logging into different systems. Oh, yeah. uh, and that's confusing. It's risky. And, and there's just a better way to do this. I spend half my life forgetting passwords and then going. And <laughs> it's funny because sometimes it's like, I'm just trying to pay my cable bill. Can you just, <laughs> I'm paying you. Uh, yes, I forgot my friggin' password. How long is it going to take for me to, to uh, fix that problem? By the way, you talked about the inefficiencies in the in the, the uh, with banks and whatnot, and it reminded me of this. Uh, I don't know if this is on point or not, but I'll tell it anyway because I got a microphone in front of me. But the, 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 I remember this was in law school, Costa. That my commercial paper, Lord knows why I took the course commercial paper, but um, you, you, for you it might have been ultimately applicable. But anyway, he told me this story about how he told us this story about how there was a scam that a guy pulled probably in the 70s where, you know, in the old days, you, you, you went to the, like you say, you went to the bank, you made a deposit, you took a deposit slip, and then you took the cash or the check from your your employer or whatever, and you went up to the teller, and there you go. And you filled out this deposit slip. So what this dude did was he got a bunch of the deposit slips that the bank gave him. So it was code, had the barcode for his account, of course. And he went and he put them in the stack that was in the bank, so it's it, where you would you would pick up a deposit slip if you don't have a personal one. Like it's like I just got to pick up this one, 
But the result of that was as soon as they scanned it, like everybody that deposited a check and used that, that slip for the next like week, you know, it went into this dude's account. And then a week later, he, he, can I make a withdrawal? Uh, yes, you have, you know, $450,000 in your account. How much yeah. would you like? It's a good one, right? That's uh, you it's can't get away with that It's anymore. called disruptive innovation. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, um, that's not what you guys do. No, it's not okay. what we do. Yeah. All right, we are not. Uh, you'll not see. You will not see us in your local branch uh, replacing deposits. Okay. So what you're saying is like here's here's an innovation the the mobile deposit uh, thingamabob that Bank America and I'm sure others have, uh, and yet that's just that's kind of one part of a huge puzzle, and if there were a place, uh, spoiler alert, stavy.com, s-t-a-v-v-y.com. Which, by the way, before we, we need to, you need to tell us the origin of that uh, uh, Costa. But <clears throat> the idea would be if you go to this website, this is going to have all kinds of forms and shit, and it's going to, and you'll have an account on Stavi when you buy. They're looking at each other. They're saying, "No, nah, Dave, you don't get it." All right, I'm an idiot. Tell me what it is. <laughs> you're you're not, a freaking company. You're not an idiot, but you two will be <laughs> okay. assimilated. So, okay. um, good. So yeah, so it's actually a platform that brings all the stakeholders together. So what would essentially happen is, um, eventually, you'll interact with Stavi from beginning to end. Um, mm-hmm. Stavi will be the platform where, when you apply for your residential mortgage. Um, you'll deal with a Stavi facing interface that will collect all that data and information for your lender to process alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll get underwritten and approved, and we'll provide uh, streamlined technology for your lender to to be able to uh, automate some features, um, some of the archaic ways of collecting information that uh, there's existing technology that makes it much faster. Um, so the point here is to not only create a more transparent process, but to also get you to a point where you close faster. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of incentives for all the stakeholders in that process, or at least be ready to close faster, right? And then um, actually provide you with a much uh, more streamlined uh, closing experience where you can review the documents ahead of time. Um, you know, as a lawyer, you know, lawyers love to add more forms. Every time yeah. something goes wrong, uh, a new form is added to a closing package. So these closing packages that, that used to be back in the 60s and 70s, 30 or 40 pages, you know, mortgage, a note, and a couple of other documents now have like six agreements that say you agree to comply, whatever that means, and seven mm-hmm. agreements that say you agree to re-sign things if there's an, an error. And then we still talk about urea formaldehyde foam insulation or something that doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, but see, the poor home buyers, they, they don't even know it doesn't exist probably. Correct. Half the stuff, you don't even know what you're signing. You don't, you don't want to. Like, I didn't want to anyway. I mean, Lord knows if I had, you ask a question about every form, you'd be there for weeks, right? Exactly. So if you have the opportunity to be able to review these forms ahead of time and have narratives that uh, technology can provide you. Okay. It's like uh, simple explanations. Simple explanations okay. ahead of time. Be able to uh, interact with your closer and your attorney within one platform where you can chat with them and ask them questions about forms. The actual, quote unquote, if you would, ceremony of the closing could could be 10 minutes. Good. Do you, and, but you still have to do the thing where you show up to the registry of deeds with the lawyers or wherever and blah, blah, blah. Well, so that's what's interesting is um, we're now getting this huge wave of – so th- the big impediment to that over the last several years has been um, the lack of ab- ability to notarize remotely. 
Mm -hmm. uh, E-signature exists, and um, most states have some variation of either the federal law or um, some local jurisdictional laws, uh, like New York has some intricacies of its own. But um, remote notarization has always been a challenge because even if you capture 90% of the signatures of the loan documents, you still have a mortgage and a couple of other documents that need a notary where you need to sign the presence of a notary. Mm -hmm. um, Virginia, the Commonwealth of Virginia, was the first in the nation to have a very um, robust remote notarization law that allowed notaries to appear on a webcam and actually um, use... Um, knowledge-based questions, you know, it's those questions of like, have you ever lived on this street? What car have you owned? So on and so forth. It's data that's pulled from your, from your credit report to verify that you are who you say you are, and then they can conduct a, a, a notarization remotely. So um, now we're looking at something like, something of the magnitude of about 48 states either have remote notarization or have legislation that's being discussed or pending. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think in the next, it's safe to say probably in the next year or two, the majority of the country will be in a place where we can eliminate that friction point. So mm -hmm. this is a really long way of answering your question, which is uh, eventually Tell we- Tell me about it. <laughs> eventually we believe um, in the next couple of years, uh, you actually won't even have to go to that dungy, dirty, nasty basement Registry uh, of Deeds in the basement. Yep. Um, sit on a broken chair with a table that has, <laughs> you know, uh, divots in it. So when you sign, you you know rip through the paper. Four uh, chairs, they're all different. They're all from different parts of the From uh, different building, school yeah. systems that have <laughs> failed. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. so yeah, so that's uh, that's where we're going. Um, and, uh, and we believe that uh, the, the technology that exists today in terms of authentication, verification, and, you know, Josh is the technology expert. I'm just a, mm -hmm. I'm just a sales guy yeah, with yeah. a law degree. But just a guy that makes the deal. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Josh, is he right? Yeah, I think that's a pretty. <laughs> I think that's a pretty accurate explanation. I, yeah. um, you know, the why are you passionate about this? Why do you, why why? Because um, because you're um, if if uh, th if this fails, then you're cooked, right, Josh? No, that's a silly way of putting it. But no, t t t tell us why I, you're I, attracted to this. Because clearly, you are. You are. Um, I, I mean, I think first on failure, you know, startups are difficult. It doesn't matter how good how good the entrepreneur is. Once again, is. I'll say, tell me about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, how, I sit, man. You have the best entrepreneur and the best idea. It doesn't always win. So hopefully, uh, hopefully, I don't end up cooked. Um, I'm sure. But you won't. it was funny. Costa Costa asked me uh, about this uh, at his brother's house on Christmas Eve. And uh, uh, I it was, see. It you, was, got, you got you zooted on eggnog, and yeah. the next thing you know, <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, and honestly, it was almost exactly a year after I had closed on a home. Um, mm -hmm. I had I had used uh, Ligris, his his firm, for the closing, mm -hmm. and I was you know reasonably vocal about how miserable of a process it was. And it wasn't Ligris's fault; it was you know the process's fault. And there's not much with the current state of the industry that you can do to make it better. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been really excited about you know, what software can do to make humans' lives easier right. and more efficient. And, you know, there's a few industries, especially in the U.S., that are uh, just enormous industries ripe for technolo technological transformation. And this is, this is one of them. I mean, how many, a $15 trillion, uh, a $15 trillion market uh, where people are still, you know, scheduling six people to show up in an office and sign on a piece of uh, paper around a table. It's a joke. It's a pain in the ass. And then, and, and then... And meanwhile, and neurosurgeons are conducting surgery remotely from, <laughs> you know, from Boston <laughs> and, a, you know, in other parts of the world. And, well, that's... Yeah, go ahead and finish. Well, Jeff. yeah, and, 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 and so you've got, you know, just this, this 
absurdity when you actually sit back and look at what's happening today. And it doesn't even it doesn't even make it safer for the people lending you the money. In fact, because it's all manual, because nothing's recorded, because of the way the in- entire transaction uh, is is dealt with, mm. um, the lenders are at greater risk of people either contesting what they signed or what they were told, and they're also at greater risk uh, for you know any mistakes that are made. Um, you know, in terms of all the closing paperwork, and there's just so much room for improvement for everybody in the process. So I'd be a little bit more scared if we were going into an industry and we had to, you know, challenge one of the primary stakeholders. Right. But this is really just about Getting making everybody's together. life easier. And <clears throat> that's pretty funny? cool. Yeah. Isn't it funny how certain in certain industries the the efficiency wins, and then in others, for whatever reason, it, it doesn't. And hopefully, you can you guys can do this for the the real estate industry. You take something like Uber. I mean, and I'd be curious to know if you guys have examples of just watershed moments. I mean, I think Uber is maybe an, an obvious example, but all of a sudden, like once once I saw that on my phone and the way it operated and the fact that I could see that the, the dude the dude was two blocks away is about to pick me up. I'm like, holy shit! Why would I ever take a cab again? Yeah. And and in fact, why would I ever drive drive to the airport again in all this business? It's so easy. Um, and then you got something like the airline industry, which, of course, is, you know, highly regulated by the feds, blah, blah, blah. So in order to overhaul the whole thing, it, uh, it would apparently take a, an act of God or something. But it is so frickin' ineff- inefficient. You know, you think about, um, you know, you sit there on the tarmac for, you know, three hours because of some mechanical failure when there are probably like six other planes like just uh, on the other side of the airport, which could you, they could easily shuttle you over there, get you out, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so, um, Costa, you have a thought there? Well, I mean, that's a great point. Um, first of all, one thing that I always talk about is that not all um, innovation is, is sexy technology. Right. You know, right now we're living in in a time where, especially being on the MIT campus every day, um, and recently them announcing a, a, a new school just that's going to focus on artificial intelligence. And so uh, we look at artificial intelligence, whether it's narrow AI or general AI, which you know is the big um, the big concern that everyone has that you know computers are going to replace humans. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Prudential on the, on the, on the Pike says. Um, a, ro- a robot can't replace you if you're retired. Right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so it's interesting that that you know that that fear exists. But if you really look at the statistics, right, in terms of what has automation technology really replaced over the course of the last you know you know several decades, there was a report. A report I was reading something or I heard on a podcast. But um, there's only one job that's actually literally become obsolete um, because of automation, and that is the elevator operator. Mm-hmm. Uh, all these other jobs that they thought were going to go away didn't go away. They just became more efficient at it. Yeah. And so um, all. In By it, the way, I was shut, I, I was uh, crushed when I had lined up my whole career to be one of those elevator operators, <laughs> and then someone told me we don't need them anymore. Sixth floor. My dreams. Lingerie, stashed. Home furnishings. The music's great. <laughs> yeah. The seating's great. That was the it's last. The last. <laughs> right. That was, you get to meet interesting people. You know, different people every day. That was the last elevator operator. Was was the opening line of um, "Love in an Elevator" by uh, Aerosmith? What is it? Ch- hardware, children's wear, ladies' lingerie. Oh, good morning, Mr. <laughs> Tyler. Going down. I'll find that clip. I just have to. Uh, go ahead, Costa. You were saying. 
Yeah. So, um, so it's interesting because you know what we're Josh talks about this all the time in terms of some of the problems that we're trying to solve don't require reinventing technology. Don't require you know uh, being the pioneers in in general AI. Mm-hmm. Um, or you know, building very sophisticated machine learning. That's not to say that we're not going to have elements of machine learning throughout the process at some point, um, because it's sophisticated and it's become mature software that's being used in, in, in a variety of um, use cases and in industries today. Um, but you know, to your point, yeah, you know, w- w- anyone that first saw Uber, uh, my, my my initial reaction was, "Fuck, is there a way to?" Um, to short the cab medallion, uh, you know, valuations. <laughs> um, yeah, because they were yeah, and and I haven't seen numbers, but I assume that that is buy stock in Uber. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, but the as far as I know, those cab medallions are still you know, there's still a place for cabs for some reason. Oh but, yeah, but but it, but, it, but I mean, watershed. I mean, when I saw it I right it before watershed. right before I left the firm, uh, we got a call from from a potential cl- from a client who was buying a whole host of meda- ca- taxi medallions. And when I saw what uh. they were paying for them compared to what my commercial group had been doing 10, 15, 20 years ago, um, there was great disparity. And and you know, obviously, an industry that um, that. Uh, again, the Uber solution, not a super sexy problem to solve, right? It's mm-hmm. really creating a better experience through the use of <laughs> of, of, a, of a shared ride service. And um, the same with Lyft. And, uh, you know, I don't want to pick on just Uber. But the yep. reality is um, I'm sure that they're looking at some pretty cool uh, <laughs> innovation and functionality as the companies grow. But... Um, you know, if you said to somebody 15 years ago, let's just go disrupt the taxi industry, that doesn't sound super sexy, right? And so, yeah, there's, I mean, there's disruptive technology everywhere. You can look at One Medical, which is an emerging, uh, you know, primary care, uh, membership based primary care um, uh, offering where you've got a great mobile app, you can communicate with your physicians. Obviously, you've got the Airbnbs and VRBOs of the world. Yeah, wait, um, what's VRBO? Should I know about that? Uh, you know, it's it's this pretty much the same as Airbnb. Airbnb. I mean, okay. it's not, like I tend to use VRBO if I'm going somewhere for like a week for a vacation, whereas Airbnb is like two or three days if I'm traveling. Costa, how many vac- how much vacation time are you giving him? Because sounds like a lot. Is he <laughs> give, how much vacation time am I giving him? Is the question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, but if you guys don't mind, t- let's take a moment and moment of silence for the elevator operators out there. <laughs> oh, this. Oh man, I played the version of the song without the thing at the beginning. What good is it? Jesus, YouTube, you suck. Sorry. Go ahead, guys. Um, <laughs> it's uh, love in an elevator. I think is what you're looking for, right? That was it, though. But it, but it was that one didn't come. <laughs> oh, with you the wanted little, you wanted the I lyrics. I guess I need to, the official music video. Yeah. You don't want me to sing, but I could try to be Steven Tyler. Um, wait, hold on. I think I've got it. I think I've got it. <laughs> please, of course, YouTube's going to make me listen to this. It's ad first, but um, yeah. What I mean, Airbnb is another one. The the so I mean and, and I realize we're talking about your company being sort of uh, some version of that for the real estate. What what else? What other industry? Oh, hold on, I got it. Well, you I, just I think I got it. Hold on, Costa. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> See, they're going to the Second elevator. Floor hardware, children's wear, ladies' lingerie. Oh, good morning, Mr. Tyler. Going down. She was hot too. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, yeah, are there other industries like that that are that are ripe for this? Well, I mean, look at you just jumped on YouTube, I presume, but look at what's happened to the music industry. Mm-hmm. 
in terms of uh, music hasn't gone away. It's never going to go away. But uh, the mechanism of delivery, the way we interact with subscribers and how music is delivered to us and that content is delivered has changed drastically. Every yeah. single industry is going to change. Every I mean, do you think <laughs> if just barely a decade ago, yeah. the iPhone didn't exist, right? Right. A decade from now, you're not going to need to go to live sporting events because you're going to put something on your face and it's going to be a better, more immersive so experience. So I'm glad you brought that up because I just got an Oculus Go and I've been messing around with it. Oh, cool. And... It it is stu- the possibilities are stunning and and just um, the the graphics the experience the immersiveness and I'm just talking about porn. There are other things too. <laughs> no, I'm, just- <laughs> I'm sorry. Porn always Can leads you the way. Doesn't explain uh, that to me. I don't. What is this porn? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, guy works in tech. He doesn't know about porn. <laughs> nice try. No, but, no, but guy, guy with cybersecurity. Like cybersecurity background. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For all we know, you invented the what do they what do you call it? The boss. The boss button. When you hit the boss button. So oh the boss yeah. Gets I mean, I I generally don't. I really don't know. As know a what cybersecurity uh, professional, I, I highly recommend never needing to use the boss button. Uh, <laughs> right. It's generally a bad idea. Right, but but uh, uh, shit. What were we just talking about? Uh, <laughs> I think you were porn. talking about right. porn. Porn, right? <laughs> no. So the 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 to me the, this the we're at the just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, there, there's a, I've been talking about this on the podcast, but there's an episode of Black Mirror. Um, I don't know if you guys watch that show. You should. It's about the kind of scary possibilities of technology in the future. And these two dudes are using a, an extremely high tech um, virtual reality game they're playing and they're in their homes like kind of across town and they're playing this modern version of Mortal Kombat. Now what they're playing this is fiction so it's not this hasn't been invented yet it's like a chip you put on the side of your head but it's so immersive that you feel everything and you touch everything and it's like you're and so they start fighting in this Mortal Kombat and then all of a sudden w- one of the guys avatars is actually a woman and they start making out and so <laughs> And so then it raises all these questions. Like they, they have to wonder, are they gay or are they just their avatars are gay or something? But but anyway, it, it's just an example of... And then it's like, if yeah, this this is coming, by the way. I mean, it's 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 a little chilling to think about. But if yeah, if you... If the virtual reality experience becomes so immersive that you could actually have an intimate affair with someone uh, just by putting these goggles on, and it's an actual person on the other end, is 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 your wife going to leave you because you put on, you know? So, but and um and and on and on it goes. And uh, Josh, I want to hear what you have to say, but just to finish the thought, I I mess I mess around with just a lot of games on this thing, but then there's a place where it's it's called Oculus Rooms, and you go and you, they set up a room, and it's like, what photo would you like and so it and so you hit a button and all of a sudden like on the wall and it, again it's so immersive it feels like you're sitting in this phony room on the wall there's a picture of me and my two my two kids and it looks great it looks better than it looks in my own real apartment <laughs> so this is what's coming right yeah i mean you know, in the early 2000s i, I worked uh, i worked for sprint and i remember like the old trio palm pilots and you know i think that uh, human humanity is innovating at a pace uh, that it was could have been unthought of a few decades ago, mm-hmm. and it's easy when we're kind of sitting here year by year to miss the innovations that are that are you know happening right in front of us. But over the past few years, as I've you know played with the HTC Vive or the Oculus Rift or the Microsoft's Hololens, or more emerging augmented reality, really 
you know, it's it's hard to imagine a a world where nearly everything that we do isn't transformed. Uh, it's it's already happening. Uh, you know, sometimes people, our brains, our brains are getting retrained now not to store information um, that doesn't matter as much over long periods of time because you can just open up this little computer you carry in your yeah. pocket and search for that information. Yeah, people don't know and, directions anymore because and, they, they it's all GPS, and, and people don't know anybody's number anymore, uh, right? Yeah. So, I mean, tying this all back to to why I'm excited about what we're doing is, you know, what I can tell you is t- a decade from now, people are not going to be buying homes by, uh, you know, walk it, going, you know, and visiting in person every single home they want to see, making an offer, having this really painful offer process, you know, going through this really painful uh, uh, process to uh, obtain a loan and then having to go to a physical location to sign it. Mm. And like all this whole process is going to change, right? It it just, it it has to, it's, uh, I think the path that technology is going to take us and, you know, why not, why not, you know, if we can play a small part in that change, that would be a really fun experience. We've got a few up against the clock, but a few more minutes here. I want you guys can stick around for maybe ten more minutes. Yes, absolutely. You, you don't have yeah. a choice. I've locked the doors. <laughs> Before uh, we do that, I just need to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor, the U.S. Postal Service, the second largest employer in the United States, offering paid training and ways to move up. Apply today at usps.com/backslash/careers. From mail, mail carriers to corporate management. The USPS works together to provide efficient, affordable service to the American public. The workers are the backbone of its service, and the USPS wants to develop and advance careers so its development programs train and prepare employees for promotion and growth in a variety of business areas. Everything you need to know is at the website, usps.com backslash careers. It's the policy of the Postal Service to provide equal employment opportunity and prevent employment discrimination. Postal Service seeks to attract and retain a diverse workforce in which employees respect and value each other's differences and work to promote collaboration, flexibility, and fairness so that all employees are able to participate and contribute to their full potential. Apply today. Website, once again, usps.com backslash careers. The U.S. Postal Service, deliver for the nation. It took a while for me to memorize that. You know, I, some people said you should have just had it you know, printed out and you could just read it. But um, you guys are impressed, aren't you? Very impressed. All right. Thank you for uh, participating in that ruse. Um, <laughs> actually, you know what? I, I just uh, spur of the moment thought you guys willing to play a little game and answer some, uh, some rapid fire questions just for kicks and giggles. Fuck yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> Good. So we're going to play a game called Burning Questions. Just one more thing. I have a riddle for you. Answer the question. All right. So there were no right answers, only ridicule when it comes to answering these questions. And uh, I'll throw these out. This is from, uh, let's see, I'll give credit where credit is due. Well, I found this list of questions on HuffPost. That's good enough. And, uh, all right. Music's bothering me. Costa, on a scale from one to ten, how strict were your parents when you were growing up? Uh, Both of my parents collectively. All right, listen, no follow-up questions are allowed here. (laughs) Just answer the question! Uh, nine. Really? Yes. Really? Give me an example of what, uh, what's a good example of how strict they were. Uh, I was allowed to go out on Friday or Saturday, but not both nights. Oh, my God. Yes. Like right up through, so that obviously we're talking right teenage through, years. Right like and- last week. No. <laughs> 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 All right, Josh, can you remember who your favorite teacher was ever and why? Oh, yeah. Uh, that, would be, that would be a gentleman named uh, Vincent Watchhorn. 
Uh, Great name. Yeah, yeah. He uh, oh, he actually full disclosure. He actually is just having his uh, last day as uh, either I think it's sometime this week as the headmaster of Providence Country Day School. Wow. Um, and uh, you know he uh, in a lot of in a lot of ways had a pretty substantial impact on on my life, and I probably wouldn't be where I was today if it wasn't wasn't for him. Wow. I wish I got that question. <laughs> All right, you can answer it too. Favorite teacher and why, Costa? Actually, uh, this is not my favorite teacher. I have a different story, but I, I don't want to throw you off your burning questions. <laughs> we have a construct here for the show, Costa. I know, but I'm, dis- uh, but I'm I disruptive. Co- this is what happens. <laughs> this when is you what I do. <laughs> my, my, my high school guidance counselor. I love it. I ask a question. He's like, well, can I answer a different question? <laughs> <laughs> my, high sli- my high school guidance counselor told me not to waste my parents' money going to college. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> well, you know, in the words of uh, a great man from a great movie, well, the world needs ditch diggers too, right? <laughs> but it uh, it did not turn out that way, obviously. All right, this is for both of you. Again, these are straight out of left field, but who are the three greatest living musicians? Oh. Go ahead and shout them out if, you, if, you, if you've got someone that absolutely should be. That's a Just, tough one, Justin huh? Timberlake. <laughs> oh, uh, oh boy! <laughs> hey, d- hey, don't don't uh, L- don't malign my L- Lenny boy. Kravitz. Ooh, Lenny Kravitz. Yes. For real? Okay. Yes. You know, I saw him. Open- we did his closing. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> and Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Brady for sure. Uh, <laughs> Have you heard the guy sing? <laughs> you guys are terrible. Not big, not big music fans. I take it. We can move on. No, that's a tough question. I mean, yeah. that's like that's a hard, rapid fire question. That, that that's, profile, I know. Like, I know. That's Tony, Bennett, on Tony Bennett's still alive. He is. Yeah. And he I is. saw him live a few years ago, and he was awesome. See, some people I think would maybe jump to Springsteen. The 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 cult of Springsteen the is boss. strong. But but isn't he more of a performer than a musician? Um, you think of someone like Elton John, maybe Billy is Joel. It? Billy Joel is another great performer, and I I love my my boy. Um, from Long Island, but the problem is they're all aging so quickly. Like you never really remember <laughs> you who's t- around. Well, you talk about the music industry changing. It's like it's 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 this is a it's not even a new thing. It's like the the bands that tour and are still like the super superstars are just old, 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 and it remains. I mean, you know that you look at the top tours of the year, and it's always like there might be one or two young people, but then it's like Billy Joel, Elton John, Madonna. You know? Yeah, I mean, you said uh, alive. I mean, so Biggie Smalls is out. <laughs> and and Tupac, although we don't know for sure. I mean, we don't know. You know, there's a theory out there. There is a theory. All right. Uh, let's see. How? Oh, what's uh, Josh? We'll go to you. What's the most beautiful place you've ever been? Ooh, I'm gonna go with Prague. Really? I've um, never been. It's you know I. It's been a while, a long while since I've been there, but it's always stuck out to me as just one of the. Uh, one of the most beautiful cities I've I've visited. Cool, Costa, you got one. Greece, Greece. You know what? Unbiased answer. I have. Unbiased answer. I you know I I'm just picking these. Should have said Tel Aviv. <laughs> <laughs> Although t- Jerusalem was an amazing. Yes, experience. yes. We got a, a company with a Jew and a Greek. It's going to be the feistiest company in, in history. I mean, I mean, um, but uh, yeah, you you it's you want to be a well-fed group of employees. Well, I've been to Israel and to Greece, and the the commonality there is not a lot of the natives are shy, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, the, 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 uh, Israel is classic because you could you could go to the movies and you'll be waiting in line for a ticket, and you'll be like fifth in line, and somebody will just walk right to the front and, yeah. and just put their money down like that. 
don't give a shit. Like it's it's like no, it's my turn. It's like well, you're supposed to wait. No, I don't. Um, and the and the Israelis have many positive qualities. Also, Gr- Greece is. I've been. I've only been once, Costa, but I'm dying to go back. Um, and I did it the right way. My in-laws at the time paid for everything. That's the way to do it, folks. <laughs> um, but went to Mykonos, um, bummed around Athens for a little bit. But uh, it's it is like a slice of heaven. It really is. I mean, it's a beautiful place, and there's so many beautiful islands. I spent a week in uh, Crete last week. Uh, last week, well, last year. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, last year, I spent a week in Crete and uh, fell in love with the island. Mm-hmm. Uh, can't wait to go back. And it's a huge island, so there's so much to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we could do Greek, Greek, uh, so, excuse me, Greece stories all day, but uh, and maybe I'll have you back to do that at a different time, Costa, because that would be fun. All right, here's uh, last question, and it's uh, not fitting at all. It's completely random. Uh, we'll start with you, Josh. What would you do if you were invisible for a day? <laughs> I actually like this question. Huh. What would I do if I was invisible okay. for a day? After it, you spent the morning at the health club walking through the, the uh, locker room. No, no. I would do something that would like have a much more positive financial outcome <laughs> if I had a day invisible. Um, I thought you were going to say something more noble, but no. He just, he just wants, more, he just wants to uh, get some cash. Yeah. I mean, like I wouldn't steal, but I would get information you know, that yeah, might but help me. Well, we're going to have to work on this because you only got a day. So, like, you you know, you wake up, you're invisible, so where are you going? You, I mean, you'd have to know what meeting was going on. This, that you, this yeah. is, like, a really hard, rapid-fire question, I and know. I also don't want the SEC to come after me for a crime <laughs> I'm never going to commit. So, <laughs> All right. Costa, you got an answer to that one? Uh, I, I agree with Josh. This is a terrible rapid-fire Oh, question. my. <laughs> Once uh, again. I, I think that I, I would do everything possible to make myself visible because I would never not... <laughs> <laughs> oh, stop. We're, we're all about transparency. Yes, I heard that. Wait. I get it. I get it. Wait, transparency yeah. kind of is invisibi- invisibility. Yeah. Trans- translucency? Trans- I don't know. Uh, all right. Yeah, we'll do one more, and we'll try to end on a nice note. What What living person other than family members do you most admire? Who's got an answer for that one? You want a different question? Yeah, let's do a different question. All right, I mean, I feel like I feel like these are questions you should like seed for us so we can like think about it. No, that's not the point. That's still not the point. Right. Well, I, I I know, but we can pretend like we're sophisticated. What do like, you think the greatest is the greatest invention of all time? You guys should be able to handle oh, that is, one. I mean, this is easy. Go ahead. Certainly, uh, historically, I would have said probably antibiotics or vaccinations, Ooh. but I'm I'm going I'm going down the lines of uh, what we're seeing happening with uh, CRISPR and Cas9 and the ability to really. Uh, splice splice genes uh, with a high degree of precision. Oh my God! Straight over my head. What? So what? <laughs> um, what? Do, what are we doing? With you? You're talking about like cloning or something, or what? No. N- what? No. So so we've uh, humanity has, and it's you know there's a little bit of a legal debate about where exactly it was uh, invented mm-hmm. or discovered would probably be the better word. Um, but you know we have the ability to basically go in and remove and replace certain parts of genetic code. Oh, okay. Uh, and it turns out, you know, DNA is really, really tiny. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty cool thing to be able to do. Costa, you got an answer to that one? I, I'd have to say it's got to be along the lines of, of innovation in medicine, mm-hmm. um, immunotherapy, and what it's been able to do for, for cancer in the last decade. Yep. You're both wrong. The answer is the Keurig machine. You can make a <laughs> cup of coffee in like seven <laughs> seconds. And I like my coffee. 
great answers, though. By the way, Costa, I didn't mention recently named uh, trustee of Suffolk University. Oh, right? uh, yes, yes. Congratulations. Uh, last week. Uh, I found out after people did because the email went into spam, but... Um, <laughs> Uh, oh, really? <laughs> really excited. Suffolk is a special place. Uh, they ha- have holds a special place in my heart. Uh, created a lot of opportunity for me. That's where I went to law school. Awesome. Great law school. Great law school. Wish I had gone there. Sorry, BU, but the truth hurts. Uh, so, guys, what should we I know? I know who's never going to be a trustee of BU, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. I wasn't on the, li- I wasn't on the list to begin with. Uh, so, Stazzy is, uh, by the way, we didn't mention, it, it's, it is a tribute to your dad, right, Costa, the name of your company? Um, so, yeah. So, Stavi is a nickname Stavi, for pardon me. Stavros. Right. Um, and Stavros in Greek, it means cross. Mm-hmm. So, we like to think that it's also the intersection of real estate and technology. I love it. So should people shouldn't go to the website yet, or how, how do they keep in touch with you, keep tabs on you? Um, they can reach out to us by emailing us. Um, I'm at kligris at stavi.com, and that's uh, st- at Savvy with a T. Right. And Josh? Josh. Josh, Josh at stavi.com. Okay. <laughs> just Josh. Um, just Josh. Just, like just Josh. Josh. Thank you, guys. I hope you had fun. We'll have you back to uh, <clears throat> tell us how you've conquered the world of real, real estate. So... Josh and Costa, you guys are awesome. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. Thanks to our sponsor, U.S. Postal Service. If you like this podcast, please share it with a colleague or a friend. Please. I could use a friend. I mean, will you guys be my friends? We'll we'll follow you on... Lock uh... the doors. You have to be my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Share. Subscribe. Pod617.com. Sorry, Costa. I just turned your microphone off. Oh, we're up against the clock. What are you going to do? Uh, Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. On behalf of Josh Feinblum and Costa Ligers, my name is David Yaz. I'm just a guy from Boston. And if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy your day, everybody. You must be the other guy. <laughs>